Welcome to Vibe Talk Music. I'm your host, Vibe Queen. In this season, we will get vulnerable with a variety of guests discussing their journey to self-awareness and how we can level up the collective consciousness in the music industry. So let's vibe and talk music. This episode is brought to you by Artist Collective, guiding artists and entrepreneurs through the music industry. Learn more and join for free today at artistcollect.com and get back to the music. CP3, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Welcome to Vibe Talk Music. I'm super excited to have you on. I know we connected through Instagram um, and we've seen some some heavy documentaries. We had that in common. So super excited to have you on the podcast. Um, So I'm just going to read a little bit about your bio. So I know you are an international performing artist. You're a songwriter and you're an empowerment coach, uh, which is incredible. So can you tell everybody a little bit about, you know, just where you're based and what brought you to all of those wonderful things that you're doing? Yeah, I am from the San Francisco Bay Area. That is also where I currently live. Grew up, born and raised, went to New York to study musical theater, actually. (laughs) My first experience with art was my sophomore year of high school when I did a theater show. And as soon as I hit the stage, I was like, this is it. (laughs) And I continued to do musical theater, went to New York, studied, um crazy life-changing events um that we can totally talk about later that led me back home and then i realized that singing was the most important thing to me i went to this sound healing session i was like that's what i want to do i want to use my voice for healing and i realized that musical theater was me always telling someone else's story and i was like i want to tell my own story and that's how i really took my songwriting seriously. I started taking my own music seriously. And the spiritual journey really started opening and expanding around that time. And that was in 2014. And long story short, here I am today, a music artist, traveled, been performing, doing my own stuff, taking on this new exciting role as an empowerment coach, which has been so fulfilling. It has been absolutely incredible. Um, Yeah, and it's all about love and empowerment and being yourself and being on this crazy journey that's called life. I love it. Um, Did something specific happen in 2014 that kind of woke you up? Because I know we'll talk about your favorite books in a little bit, but I know one of them was A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle and one of my best friends recommended it to me. And that was literally the book I will never forget. I was getting my nails done and it literally shook me awake. So I'm curious to hear, (laughs) was there something that happened to you in 2014 that kind of woke you up in this life? Yeah, so it it all... So when I was a kid, I always asked really big questions. It was just who I was. I was always curious and I never really got the the answers that I was looking for until around 2014. And I, I mean, I'm gay and I grew up in um, a Baptist community that was not as accepting <laughs> as you would hope for, um, the kind of person that I am. And so the the bigger questions that I would ask myself, the answers I was getting back from my community was, 
didn't sit right with me. So even even though I I wanted to conform and be like everybody else, like there were some of the biggest parts of who I was was so different from the community that I grew up in. It led to isolation, but I think that isolation was one of the biggest blessings because the answers that I was getting that were wrong for me, um, they just didn't feel right. And so I had to continue to ask these questions. And when I went to college, I started drinking, I started using drugs. I, um, I realized that, I realized before I went to college that love was the most important thing, that I wanted to spread positivity. I wanted to be as happy as possible. And so if I'm having a bad day, I'm gonna put a mask on and pretend that it's okay. And all of that pressure was just bubbling up inside of me. And so when I found alcohol and drugs, it was like, oh, I can, this is my release. I get to do this. And, and so I would spend my whole day being the person that I thought that everybody wanted me to be. And then at night was my time for me to be whatever I needed to be. And that usually consisted of drinking and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And so in 2014, all the stuff hit the fan. It was, I, I came home for like a week. I was in, living in New York at the time. I came back home and cut to California for like five days. Um, my roommates were like, we're moving out. It's just like, I wasn't auditioning. I wasn't dancing. I wasn't singing. I wasn't doing any of the things that I was in New York to do. Mm -hmm. I had a job that I just really didn't like. I was really, really miserable. And, um, and so I just randomly decided to move back home. Wow. And yeah. And so moving back home, uh, I, I went to therapy. Wow. And then, yeah, we're, I really haven't shared this with uh, anyone. I've been a lot more open about this because I think it's important. Um, but I went to therapy and then my therapist was like, oh, you, you, it sounds like you might have a little problem. <laughs> she wow. like, like, she's like, maybe you want to go to rehab. And I was like, no, I am not at that point. Um, and I was living at home. And my mom was like, do you want to go to rehab? <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go and see what they're talking about. And I went and they were like, yeah, like you need to be here. And that was really the start of this. It was the first time that the answer, the question, the big questions that I was asking, I was getting answers that set that felt right in my soul. Um, and so it took that whole journey for me to really be like, oh, like this is it. Oh, that was what I was looking for. And it's all in here, it's all in here, always. Um, but it took it, it took a while to get there, that's for sure. <laughs> wow, well, first of all, I just want to thank you for being brave and sharing that, because I know that takes a lot of courage. Um, you know, I've had my own demons that I've battled with um, that I haven't shared publicly because uh, there's a lot of shame and a lot of guilt that's surrounded with that. And, you know, um, and it's been in my family. And so sometimes, you know, when you kind of see that within yourself, it's kind of like, wait, 
you know, is this now happening to me? Like, am I turning into that as well? So I, I applaud you for for sharing that. And I think, especially as an empowerment coach now, that can that can help so many people sharing that. Absolutely. So, and that in um, the shame and guilt that you mentioned is like it's so um, it can be so alive, especially like when I think about it. Sometimes it goes away and sometimes it's there with you for the rest of your life. But that shame and guilt is a, an emotion that can be triggered in, in different situations. And the work that we do in empowerment coaching and coaching in general with spiritual practice, with working a program for addiction, um, you find awareness. And when you have that awareness, when you're triggered and you have those emotions, you get to choose a different way of acting, of being, and of loving. It's an opportunity for you to... Michael Michael Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul, which is one of my favorite books, it was so amazing, but he talks about this idea about there are these thorns that we have in our body and these thorns that we've developed over time. And we go around through life um, broadcasting to the world, don't touch me here, I have this thorn, like, don't touch me there, don't touch me here, because, like, it'll trigger me. And he suggests that when we, we when we get this awareness, we, we start the process of actually just taking that thorn out. And, and when we take that thorn out, that wound has a chance to heal. It'll be a scar, there still will be a scar, but that wound will be able to heal and we won't go around saying, oh, don't touch me here, don't touch me here, but it opens us up to life more and more with all of the emotions because the shame and the guilt may still be there, which right. is really interesting to me. I really love that. That is such a great way uh, to uh, explain that. I love that. And that's something that I realize myself now, whenever I feel a negative emotion, like guilt, shame, fear, I, I literally, become aware of it. And I almost, you know, I, I get excited because that negative trigger is like, okay, I'm aware of it. Let me feel it, embrace it, process it, transmute it. I can learn from that now. And those triggers happen less and less for me, which is exciting. Yeah. But when they mm -hmm. do, it's an opportunity for growth and I can evolve. Yeah. And it's, it's great because as an artist, I feel we're so fortunate because I can take that negative emotion. I can turn it into art and something that I, I do. And I've, I've always done it, but now I do it more intentionally. I literally will store an emotion like in my cabinet of emotions. So for example, an emotion I recently experienced uh, is bittersweet. So saying goodbye to something, mm -hmm. even though I didn't want to, and it felt bittersweet. And it was the first time I was able to truly feel that emotion. And I was like, wow, I've never, like I've heard of that emotion in songs. I've seen it in movies, but I never really experienced it. And even though it's kind of, you know, a negative emotion because you don't want to feel that. I was like, wow, I have an opportunity in this moment to really feel it. Let me just embrace it and just fully surrender to it. And so I did. And with every fiber of my being, I felt this bittersweet emotion. And even though it kind of hurt, I was like, let me just really be present in this moment and feel it. And I was able to write lyrics with that emotion. And I was yeah. like, wow, this is really dope. And, I, and if I wasn't able to be aware and present enough to just be vulnerable and feel that emotion as much as it hurt, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And so yeah. I know when I did that and I shared that with that person in that moment, they kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Like, 
whoa, are, like, are you okay? But I'm like, yo, we, that's we should where the magic we happens. Do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. we can do that that's with where everything. The magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, that takes with being the, present. So it does. And that um, you mentioned like that acceptance and yeah. then like that gratitude in the moment, the quicker we can, we can find gratitude for those things. Like that is magic Absolutely. because there's this idea of, of focusing. I know in your last interview, there was the yeah. law of attraction, which I am all about abraham hicks absolutely changed my life which also started around 2014 around the same time right um but that when we experience contrast or negative emotion or things that we don't necessarily want the quicker yeah. that we can line up with what we do yeah. want the quicker absolutely. we can get back into alignment and find that acceptance and gratitude yeah. magic absolutely. magic it's just it's just magic when we when we can accept the quicker we can accept and the quicker we can go back into gratitude, which is arguably one of the best emotions for manifesting what you want, um, for just feeling good. Abraham Hicks really talks about just like feeling good, like what thoughts feel good, what emotions feel good. How can you bring more of that into your life on a daily basis? And that's where the magic is. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, what made you decide, okay, you know, I went through rehab, I've, I'm healed, I'm on this journey. What made you decide I want to become a coach? Yeah. So it's been a long journey because when I first opened up, I was like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. Like, I got to share this with someone. And it seems like every time that I have these spiritual experiences or these new, deeper understandings, I'm like, oh, I got to share this with somebody. Like, how does not, how does everyone not know about this? That like, life can be this way. And so that's really kind of the main driving force. I think everything that I do in my life is to help wake people up to remember that they're brilliant just as they are that they can that they can do whatever they want and i feel like so many times in our lives we we're not told that and so we develop all this baggage and we have these these thoughts and these beliefs about ourselves about the world and about other people that keep us from living our most purest authentic life the life that that we that our deepest desires are calling us to live. And, and so that's where I started all the empowerment coaching and I created a lot of different methods. Um, my favorite, the empowerment pathway method. So there are five pathways that lead you to personal empowerment. And I mostly work with artists. Um, and the first one is awareness. The second one is choice. Third, thoughts, beliefs, and action. And all of these are leading you to personal empowerment so you can live your your life on a daily basis consistently going for the life that you love and that you want and that is there for you right now wow i love it i think that's incredible um so i want to switch gears a little bit and talk about something that maybe a little bit more of a sensitive topic but um something that i would love to become more knowledgeable knowledgeable about because it's something i talked about on my personal page as well um so you talked about that you are gay is that something that you knew your entire life did you have to come out with this can you share with our audience what that was like for you in that process and then i also want to dive into the topic of masculine and feminine energy you know i i did a podcast episode on that and i would just love to get your point of view um, and if you could just share that with with our audience. Absolutely. Um, so yes, I always knew that I was gay. 
I, but I didn't accept it until seventh grade. I remember very vividly that I, I accepted it because I thought I was like, oh, like, why do I like guys? This is wrong. This is wrong. The whole time I'm like so uncomfortable. And, and I was like, and then we had our class, I think it was around fifth grade when we had our sex education. And I was like, oh, like when I hit puberty, then I'm going to start liking girls. That's what it is. (laughs) My little brain, my little kid brain. I was like, oh my God. And so puberty happened and that did not happen. (laughs) So, and so I really had, it was like a really, really just dark place that I was in. And I just had, I would just accept it. I was like, I was like, I'm gay. I was just laying in bed at the middle of the night. I was like, I'm, I'm gay. Like, that's just what it is. And at that moment I switched. And that was when I started putting on the mask being like, okay, now that I've accepted it, now I can at least pretend to be straight. And so that happened for a couple of years. Wow. And I, um, in the high school that I went to, there was a field trip that we went in eighth grade to see, to see the Laramie project. And they had the gay flag up in the in the quads of the high school. And I was like, oh my God, they like gay people here. I'm going to this school. And so I went to that school and then I came out and everything was fine. And um and it's it's really been um I I I think about the isolation that I experienced in my childhood. And I mentioned this before, but I really do think that that was one of the biggest blessings because it, it I was so isolated. I had to think for myself all the time. Mm-hmm. I had to like, and if things didn't sit right with me, there, there really wasn't someone that I could ask their opinion because it, it just, I, I just, I felt, it felt like, like I, I honestly felt like an alien. I really did. Right. <laughs> Which, yeah. Um, but it, and from high school and college and everything, that really became the least of my worries. It was it was accepted by at least my friends. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing. Fantastic. Now, when it comes to the masculine and feminine energy, you know that's a concept mm-hmm. that was pretty new to me. Um, about a year ago. And so once I I dove into that topic and I really understood it, for me, it changed my life. It really did because I didn't realize that for many years I was leading with my masculine energy. And, you know, once I understood, you know, uh, basically the psychology behind it, it, it literally helped heal relationships and friendships within my life. And it allowed me to understand why people did and behaved and attracted you know, certain situations because they were leading with either masculine or feminine energy. And it didn't necessarily have anything to do with their sexual orientation. So I did a whole podcast episode on that. And, you know, I did get some negative feedback from people that identified as non-binary and saying, you know, what about non-binary energy and you're being, you know, uh, transphobic and all of these crazy things. And, you know, I, I tried to explain that, no, that's not that one has nothing to do with the other. So I'm curious to hear from your perspective how you um, came to understand masculine and feminine energy and if maybe you can mm-hmm. explain what it means to you and how as a coach, perhaps uh, understanding those energies that has helped you in your life. Yeah, sounds like you've done a little more research on this than I have, but I can definitely share, share with you from my personal experience 
that definitely everything is on a spectrum. So, um, and the words masculine and feminine, I think are, they're words to describe something that you know, we really can't describe. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing, but like we're defining it with masculine and feminine. So it, it's, that has a lot of our, uh, historical baggage, I guess I should say. And so with my personal experience and growing up, I was told I need to be masculine. I need to be manly. I need to do certain things and act a certain way and walk a certain way and talk a certain way. And, um, and so I did my best to do that, especially around that time when I wore the mask. And a lot of those things became a habit and and when i came back here in 2014 to california i started doing more musical theater and i did priscilla queen of the desert which is a musical where the three main characters one is a trans woman and then the other two are drag queens i played one of the drag queens and we're traveling across australia and we're meeting one ticks um the character's name is tick we're meeting his uh, his son for the first time and I've secretly always wanted to do drag and I never, I never did because of what I was told and some beliefs and all that stuff that was holding me back. And this was the perfect opportunity to do it. I was doing it for a show. And, and, I, and I didn't realize until that moment the amount of feminine energy that I was holding back from myself. I was so out of balance and it was almost like overwhelming sometimes when I was rehearsing and, and forcing myself to bring it out. And the more I forced it out, the more it came out and, and, and it kind of changed my life for a really long time because I did that show like three different times over the course of two years. And, and so like at first it was like, so much feminine energy coming out and it was amazing and it, and what's interesting about that is that I'd never felt more manly than when I was wearing heels and makeup and and had this full expression of this feminine side of me and and then things started balancing out but then I realized more and more that it's a choice there's definitely some choice in the matter um, with awareness. And, and the balance and the choice is fun. And, and I'm not sure, and this is something that I think that maybe you have a little more information on, is that I'm not sure how it impacts my relationships. It, it definitely impacts my thoughts and how I move about in the world. Um, and maybe it's because I haven't been in like a serious relationship for a while, but. Well, let me, let me explain what it means. Cause I think maybe there's a little bit of misunderstanding. So what I, what I mean with masculine feminine energy, um, and it may be helpful to listen to that episode as well, but basically everybody leads with masculine or feminine energy. And sometimes mm -hmm. you lead more with one or the other, and it doesn't necessarily, I'm not necessarily talking about 
um, you know, the way you dress or makeup or none of that stuff mm -hmm. that actually mm -hmm. out the window. So what I'm talking about is when you're leading with masculine energy, I want you to think about you are leading with, I need to plan. I need to organize. I'm in charge. I'm dominant. I'm the man. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm the person that walks in the room and all eyes are on me. I demand respect. I don't trust your opinion. That's kind of the extreme mm -hmm. version. So for example, I'm going to just use my past marriage as an example. So towards the end of my, my marriage, I was very much in my masculine energy to the point where I didn't trust my partner. So I was feeling very, I wasn't in my feminine energy because I didn't trust my partner to make any decisions. So I was leaning with my masculine energy, feeling that I had to make all the decisions. I wasn't in a place where I could receive love because um, insecure in that sense. So I was leading with that masculine energy. Now on the flip side, feminine energy means you're able, you're in a place of, uh, of receiving. So a, a person that's in their feminine energy trusts their partner to the point where they're able to receive love. So they're not trying to take control. It's the yin and the yang. It's that balance of energy. So when I talk about masculine and feminine energy, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, makeup and heels and things like that. I'm literally talking about your your energy that you're omitting you know what i mean so when you talk about yeah. relationships and dating and you're like dad why do i always attract weak-minded men so i'm not talking about gay men this can be straight men but mm -hmm. i noticed when i first started dating again i would attract men that needed a lot of healing and i would attract men that were very weak-minded and i would attract men that were kind of like pushovers to be truthful, but that's because I was very much in my masculine energy. I'm very independent. I'm very strong-minded. I have a strong opinion on things. I'm not going to be easily walked all over. So I'm very, I was very in my masculine energy. So because of that, I was attracting men that were leading in their feminine energy. And I'm not, I don't mean men that are feminine as in gay. I mean, men that uh -huh. were just insecure. And because yeah. that's that, that's that, mag that, that magnet, that's what I was attracting. You understand? So once I learned to lead more with my feminine energy, right? And, and that means being able to take compliments and not feeling so I'm this strong, independent woman that doesn't need a man, right? Like I was more in my feminine energy. I noticed I was attracting different people, meaning different friendships, different partnerships, all of that. So that's what I mean with masculine and feminine energy. And that's why I say everybody has that, regardless of sexual mm -hmm. orientation. That, that actually has nothing to do with it at all. So that's yeah. really what I'm talking about with masculine and feminine. So whenever you can kind of recognize which you're leading with, um, you can you can really start to become aware where you need to kind of balance that out. Um, and so neither one is bad or, or good. You know, you want to have both. And especially in the music industry, sometimes you want to be in your masculine energy. You don't want people walking all over you. Um, but there's there's a time and a place. And so that's something that has really helped me to have that kind of awareness. And that took a lot of journaling and meditation and growth and things like that. So so the, the neg negative um, feedback I got uh, was primarily from people that identified as non-binary. And I just felt like, they just didn't understand where I was coming from. So that's why I wanted mm -hmm. to talk about that from your perspective. I hope up, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. It makes me think about what I was saying in the beginning about how masculine and feminine, even the way that you're bringing it up is like, it's a, it's still on a spectrum I'm feeling. And 
it's like it, it's just a, it seems like it's a it's another another way to just define what's actually going on for us you know like it's a like we're complex beings and we have these emotions and we have these wants and these desires and we behave in certain ways and we um our intentions are there and the intentions impact the actions or they do the opposite of what we had intended and so it's complicated and i think it just goes back to awareness like Oh, like sure. if we're using if we're using the terms masculine and feminine to define certain actions or how we're behaving, um, and now I I think I'm kind of seeing like the feedback that you were getting. I I don't, I don't know. I would like in in my coaching practice, I would I. I would tend to focus on a case by case kind of scenario um, and being like, well, what do you want? Like, how do you want to show up? Um, and I guess it could be helpful to be like, oh, I am, I am, I am using my masculine energy right now, and I will prefer to do the more feminine, my feminine energy, my feminine intention, um, my feminine state. But yeah, I just think it's I think it's it's complex and I think it's just a way, it's another way of working through how we want to be in the world. Absolutely. I mean, ultimately I think everything it, it goes back to awareness, but um yeah. but, you know, the concept itself, you know, um I just I think it's an important topic to talk about uh cuz I know for me it, it really changed my life and so I just was curious to hear your perspective but I definitely encourage you I'll send you some um some accounts that I follow that has they yeah. have a really great job of breaking it down from a um I don't want to say scientific but they broke it down from a very objective viewpoint I don't know if you've um something that I've been really pushing and this goes into the one of the topics I definitely want to touch on with you and that everything that I mention and I really encourage this with just everything in the world is look at things objectively you know use your logical mind critical thinking and listen to your gut and I say yeah. this with everything and that goes with this topic as well because so often we we let our emotions get in the way when new new information is presented to us and i've been totally. doing as well you know and cognitive dissonance is something that will take over it's and I yeah and I, I remember even when i watched um out of shadows for the second time i caught myself experiencing it and i want to talk about yeah. this with you because this documentary like changed my life and i watched it for the second time at this point i've seen it three times and i remember watching out of shadows for the second time because for a long time i was pretty much atheist and i remember there was a period of my life whenever somebody would bring up jesus or god i would literally cringe yeah i would cringe <laughs> I was such an atheist and i was in new york and everybody was pretty much like eh. And so anytime somebody would bring that up, I would just almost tune out, like you've lost me. And I remember that part of Out of Shadows like came up and I, I got that feeling. And I was like, oh my gosh, that cognitive dissonance is literally setting in, but I was aware enough to catch it. And it's just very interesting. And I'm like, okay, if that's still happening to me and I'm so, I consider myself to be a pretty open-minded person, how can I not believe this is gonna happen to so many other people? You know what I mean? So, that are not open-minded at all. So yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts. You know, when you first saw this documentary, 
was it a shocker to you? Were you already familiar with what's going on in the industry? Like share, share your, your feedback. <laughs> yeah. So I saw out of shadows after I watched fall of cabal. Okay. And, um, even before fall of cabal, I was reading some stuff that was hinting at it, but it was on a different topic. And so I was, my mind was already pretty open to these ideas. And, but when I watched Fall of Cabal, I was like, oh my God, like I, 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 I mean, it, it's, I just don't understand from like, like a soul level, I don't understand how you could do something like that. Um, and so <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand, although I'm working on it. And then there's also this, this part of me that's, um, that knows it to be true, that is it, dare I say kind of excited that change is happening and, um, and that the world is not what we think it is. It just isn't. And there's a little bit of fear there for me, but I, I'm mostly just really excited at the possibility um, that we have. I, I, I really am. Like if there's all of this darkness, there's so much more light. Mm. And that's really exciting to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely went through a week, I think it was about a week or so of grieving. I remember thinking, yeah. like, do I even want to be in the music industry? Like, you know, how far does this go? Like the people yeah. that I want to work with, I don't even want to work with them anymore. I like purged my Instagram. So I know I definitely went through a process of just processing it, which was really heavy. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'm still an actor. And so I, yeah, I it's true. like I've been doing a couple of commercials and I was like, oh, like since I'm doing my music and, and film less theater, maybe I just need to move to LA, you know, maybe I, and I'm like, then I watched this documentary, I was like, oh, maybe I can pause. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a shocker, but one of the things, you know, and I, I try to remind myself, not everybody is bad. Not everybody is bad. Yeah. There are a lot of good people. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I remind myself, and I, I say this to pretty much all of the artists that I've had this conversation with, is that at the end of the day, when everything comes to light, because I really do believe, and I agree with you, that it is exciting because a lot of mm -hmm. things are starting to come to light, especially yeah. with this whole Wayfair thing that is now going on. Um, I truly believe the human trafficking aspect of all of this is what's going to be the downfall and it's gonna be a domino effect of things coming out. So I believe people are going to want to turn to independent artists like you and I and wanna support yeah. people that are not part of this. So they're going to need content and music and people that are, you know, spreading love and light and awareness, just as yeah. we are doing. So I think it's important that we continue to create music and continue to spread the message of hope um, and love and empowerment. So yeah. I applaud it's you for so doing important. that. Yeah, especially thinking about 
um, because I've struggled a lot with this of like, oh, if I'm an artist, I just need to be an artist. But it's like, I am so much more than that. And I have so much more to give and, and focusing on that as opposed to, I'm going to do pop because I, I went through that in 2018. I was like, I need to do pop because pop is popular. And it wasn't that fulfilling. And now I'm, I'm really um, opening myself up to the music that I want to create. And, mm-hmm. and also accepting all these other parts of me and, and merging them together with storytelling and music and spirituality. And um, what does that look like? And, and I get the sense like you that it's, it's gonna be important to, to be that kind of person, to step up to that leadership role and to serve on a level that, that I can't even imagine right now. I think it's, I think it's gonna be that big. That's exciting. So I want to switch gears a little bit. um, And I pretty much ask every guest uh, this question uh, because it's changed my life so much. Um, So I know you are a meditator. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your meditation journey, how you were introduced to the practice and maybe just some some ways that you meditate? Yeah, it's definitely an off and on. (laughs) My when I really started taking meditation seriously, um, one of my mentors he taught me, he walked me through this process and I forget the name of it, but it's, um, you meditate and you like, you look at an object, you see the object, you know that you're not the object. And then you fill your body, you witness your body, you know that you're not your body. You witness your thoughts, you hear your thoughts, you know you're not your thoughts, you feel your emotions, you feel your emotions, so you're not your emotions. So who are you? And it's just Ooh. asking that question. So who are you? After go- like the the practice is to get still, to get quiet, and to and then start going through those those um uh the the item, the object, the body, the the emotions, the thoughts, and then who are you if you're none of those things? And and that constant question of who are you is, um, is the meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of my favorite ones. I've had probably the most um, spiritual experience from meditation from doing that because I, I feel like I shouldn't even say what I experienced because I don't want to I want someone else to try it and just like, and not have my right, <laughs> my right. experience to judge whatever they're experiencing, but it's, it's pretty transformative. And then my other favorite way of meditating, um, Abraham Hicks talked about it, talks about it a lot. Um, they'll say when they're in a, when they're speaking to an audience, they'll say like, oh, do you hear the air conditioning? Do you hear that sound? Just focus on that. No judgment. You're gonna have some thoughts. Go back to the sound. And I found that that was super helpful. I used to focus on my breathing, but listening to like an air conditioning sound or a fan or something that I have no judgment over and just really focusing on it. And if I can do that for a couple of minutes, I get really still and the thoughts slow down a lot. Um, That's my most successful meditation practice for sure. 
I, I really love, love it. That's great. Yeah. It's so funny because the first one that you just men mentioned, um, I had this epiphany um, a couple of weeks ago that I used to do this as a kid. So when I before I would go to sleep, when I couldn't fall asleep, I would think to myself, why am I me? Why am I me? Why am I me? And I would like go down this rabbit hole and it would just become really quiet and, and things would become really dark and I would fall asleep. And um, I shared this with someone. They were like, you realize you were meditating while you were a child, right? Yeah. Like asking yourself why you are you. And I was like, wait, I was? They're like, yeah. I was like, I was a weird kid. But it would help me to fall asleep. And I had no idea that that was like a meditation. So yeah. it's interesting that that helped you. So I'm going to I'm gonna use that one today. I go live yeah. Monday through Friday on my Instagram. I do a guided meditation. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to credit you. I'm going to use that one. I love that. Really great. So can you awesome. share this again? It's you're not your thought. Yeah. You're not your emotion. So it's like, so uh, this mouse here. So uh -huh. you focus, you look at the mouse. I'm, I'm clearly, I'm not the mouse. Mm -hmm. So like I see the mouse, so I'm not the mouse. Then you focus on your body and like you witness your body. You can see your body, you feel your body. So you're not your body. Then you feel emotions. I am feeling emotions. So I am not my emotions. I hear my thoughts. So I'm not my thoughts. So who am I? I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> That's great. So simple. So simple. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up, um, can you share some of your best practices for self-care? to kind of get yourself filled up again whenever you're feeling down or frustrated, what would you recommend someone, especially artists, can do to kind of give yeah. themselves a pick-me-up? Um, I did The Artist Way a long time ago and it was so transformative. It changed my life for the rest of my life. It's The Artist Way is by Julia Cameron. It's a book and it's um, it helps you find your creativity again and become the artist that you've always wanted to be. And it's so true, definitely check it out if you haven't read that book or done the process yet. Um, and one of the things she does that she recommends is an artist date that you do once a week. And it's just, you go somewhere and you do something for your artist. Like that can be like going and getting little art supplies or just taking yourself out to a movie or treating yourself to dinner or getting really creative with it. Um, just something to create some space for yourself. Um, that has been really helpful. Another thing that's been really helpful is my, my journal that I literally have right here. <laughs> um, it's a high, it's called a high performance planner. It's by cool. Brendan Burchard and he's amazing. And, the it, it just, it just basically having a journal that you can, that you can plan out your day and that you can write things. Having a gratitude list is super important. Um, so you can be as effective in your day as you possibly can. I write in this in the morning and then I write in the evening to wrap it up. If I'm feeling, if I'm going down a rabbit hole, a negative rabbit hole, like Abraham Hicks says, it, it'll be over soon. <laughs> when we build up the, emo when we build up negative emotion, it's really hard to pull yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. So I guess the first suggestion is to work on that awareness because you can, you can stop it at the first or second mm -hmm. thought, 
the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, it's it's grabbing onto you. And then right. at that point, we gotta just ride it out. And then when we when we when we have an opportunity to come up for a, a breath, a fresh air, um, hold on to that, and then increase that thought with the next thought, with the next thought. Find go back to who you are and and your why and 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 try to do something for yourself like it because we it's really easy for me at least to get in my head about all this stuff and be like no like i have to have the right thought and i need to like feel the right thing but then i'll get stuck with the action part well it's like i have to do all the steps to make sure i can get out of that um yeah those are just some helpful things for me i love that i love having the whole like the artist day i think that's great i think that's yeah Awesome. Mm -hmm. any, any parting words of wisdom before we sign off? Yeah, be you. Just be you. Just <laughs> love yourself a little bit. Pat yourself on the back. Um, my therapist used to always say, it's so interesting that that just came up. Uh, she used to always say, look, you're the cake. Everything else is the icing. Like, you're not the, you're the cake. <laughs> everything else is icing which is like i love that because like i am everything that i need i i have everything that i need i i can do this all this extra stuff the extra relationships the extra prizes and stuff that's just icing like what i get is me what i have control over is me and if i lead from that place it leads me to more gratitude for the things that I have and it keeps me focused in the direction that I want to be headed. Love that. Amazing. Thank you so much, CP3. You've been an absolute pleasure getting to know and um, I know great things are ahead for you, both for your music and for your coaching business. Um, tell everyone how they can best support you and where they can follow you. Yes, you can subscribe to my email list. Um, at cp3music.com. That's c-p-i-i-i music.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram at cp3music. Again, that is c-p-i-i-i music. Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm excited to continue to get to know you. Um, also, we're going to go live on Instagram this Thursday. I'm super excited about that as well. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk soon. <laughs> Take care. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. To stay in touch, please subscribe to my newsletter over at vibequeenmusic.com to stay up to date with my music, guided meditations, which I do on Instagram Live, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Central Time, the blog, and of course, this podcast, Vibe Talk Music. Till next time, and remember, self-awareness is the gateway to inner peace.